I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is episode 59 with Abby Fink. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Hey, how are you doing? This is me, obviously, but um, I would like to talk to you before the episode and ask for a quick favor. If you could go to As Told by Nomads on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a quick review or rating, it would help us tremendously to get noticed and also to help us to continue to bring more guests. Just talk about what you like about the episodes and um, just maybe share some of the ways you feel like the guests have helped you. So... Search As Told by Nomads on iTunes or Stitcher, leave a review, five-star rating, or whatever you feel, and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me Abby Fink, and she is calling me from New York, right? Yeah, from New York City. Yeah, New York City, where I am, and she's the engagement coordinator for this cool organization called Global Nomads Group. We're going to talk about her journey through uh, to the company and kind of what she's passionate about as well as this Global Nomads group itself and this cool initiative that she has that's coming up uh, in the next month or so. Welcome, Abby. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about Global Nomads group and tell you guys a little bit more about myself. Likewise, likewise. So why don't you tell, tell us about your backstory and kind of why you found yourself involved with Global Nomads Group? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Connecticut, in a small town in Connecticut, and I had a lot of opportunities as a young student and child to kind of interact with different communities. Um, My father was a principal um, in an inner city school, and my mother was an educator there. So I was always kind of around this educational space and um, grew up uh, being really encouraged to kind of explore the world and kind of look at every experience as a learning opportunity, whether it was meeting new people or going to new places. So I was really fortunate to have 
um, that spirit surrounding me as I grew up. I went to a small liberal arts college in Pennsylvania, Gettysburg College. Uh, I studied psychology and studio art there. I think, um, you know, one thing that's always kind of followed me wherever I have gone has been the love for people and working alongside others. I think um, Gettysburg was a really great place to kind of merge, um, you know, the social side of me with an educational background that could kind of serve me as I moved forward um, in my career and just professional life. So that was a really great experience. I think when I was, you know, faced with gra graduating and what was going to be next, I wasn't sure, and I'm still not sure what my five-year, my 10-year plan is, but I know that I want to pick a career and a job that is working towards the betterment of um, the larger group. And I think I've always been, you know, fascinated by travel and different cultures. So having the opportunity to work at an organization like Global Nomads Group where, um, the whole aim is to foster dialogue and understanding amongst the world's youth has been really interesting for me. Um, not only do I get to interact with different cultures and different people, but I also get to um, kind of advocate and bring, like advocate for young people to become global citizens in their local and global communities. So um, I think there's been a long road that's led me here, but everything about Global Nomads Group seems to fit kind of my ethos for... Um, you know, where I want to be working and where I want to be spending my time. Well, that's great. So you, you, you said, you know, you, you sort of had that, you know, right out of college journey, you were looking for something that had some sort of purpose and also sort of tied in a little bit with some of your passions and you found, you know, Global Nomads Group and the interaction of cultures is something that intrigued you um, and you, you're still, you know, finding your way through that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, hopefully that will be an ever-evolving process, right? I hope so. I mean, that's the same thing. For, <laughs> I, think we, I think it's great if we are, are ever-evolving and not stationary. So for sure, uh, it's good. So now with Global Nomads Group, I, I was telling you the other day before we had the call that I, I um, yeah, I was just doing some research on Global Nomads and I, was, I came across your group. If someone were to describe what you guys do, what would you say that is and who the target market is? Yeah, I think, you know, Global Nomads Group encompasses a lot of different beliefs and a lot of incredible people, but at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, we are aiming to foster dialogue and understanding amongst the world's youth, and we do that by leveraging te technology. So we use technology to enable conversations between middle school and high school students, primarily, um, who otherwise would not have the opportunity to meet. The exchanges that we're having... Um, take a few different forms, but at the end of the day, they're all promoting empathy, peace, and 21st century workforce skills. So you're focusing on, on people between, so the middle school and, is it middle school and high school? Yeah, middle school and high school primarily, yeah. And, and the reason you're doing this is because you feel like this is, is the formative periods of the time and you want to try and put this into their mindset or at least open their minds a little bit more from an earlier age. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you think about today, less than 3% of young people are traveling during their academic career, and those people that are traveling are from certain demographics, and they're going to places that might not have the largest culture gaps between their own um, home, and so we really see technology as an like a really awesome opportunity for us to connect cultures and communities that otherwise would never encounter each other. Um, so a lot of the times we use 
virtual exchange, which, you know, is a technology-based education programs that kind of foster people-to-people interactions, despite where you might be located physically, um, to have these interactions and opportunities to connect. I think, um, yeah, I think about even my own childhood, even though I was, you know, I had great opportunities in my education from a young age, but I wasn't regularly communicating with my peers in Afghanistan or Jordan or Qatar. So I think being able to leverage technology to bring places that feel so far away into a classroom or into someone's everyday life is really awesome. And you have this really cool option to because, you know, to kind of what a lot about what your uh, magazine is doing, you know, to celebrate Diver- our differences. Yeah, diversity, exactly. Yeah, yeah, to celebrate those differences and also um, kind of find these similarities that you are surprised are there. So, yeah, I always think it's so, it's so funny that despite how different we, we all are, that there's always <laughs> some. I'm one of the first thing, the, the most common thing that we all share is that we are human. That's, I, yeah. know, I know yeah. that's the hardest thing to understand sometimes, that these, but we are actually all human. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day. But I think it's very, it's really, really cool because I think during the um, middle school years and high school, this is when they're most impressionable. I, I think back to my middle school years when I was, you know, you said you, you were, I think you stayed in Connecticut for most of your life. Yeah. I, I, you know, being the son of a diplomat, I had to like move everywhere. So I remember. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting old. picked up and moved yeah. all over the world. Yeah. It, and I remember feeling it initially it was very difficult just because I was in different parts of the world and I was looking at different sorts of people and I was like, whoa, this is, this is, this, this isn't just moving across from a different state in my country. So it was it was um, something that I wouldn't trade though because I think it opened my eyes a lot early. Um, even though it was uncomfortable initially, I think I mean doing you know fast forward to now when when I'm in my twenties and mid twenties and you can see that somehow it creeps its way into the work that I'm doing. So I think what you're doing is you know with Global Noise Group is great, especially starting at that young of an age. Now, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I think that. I I always say this, I love working with both high school and middle school students, but there's something especially interesting about middle school students. They're just at that age where they're old enough to kind of start forming their own opinions, but they're not at the age where they're so worried about what their peers think, so Mm -hmm. it's this really incredible time for them to, like, explore and kind of build that self-identity in a more, like, concrete way, so it's awesome to whenever we have the opportunity to have programs with them. I really love that. Good, good. Now, yeah. Have you worked, uh, the middle school students you've worked with, have they all been in the States or where have they been? Yeah, um, yeah so whenever we have programs, we primarily connect people in North America with students in the Middle East and North Africa mm-hmm. right now as an organization anyways. But, um, you know, since we started in 1998, we've, connected, you know, over a million young people on all seven continents. And every year, the regions that we're working in vary slightly because we're always seeking to kind of expand our programs, reach a greater diversity of young people, and provide opportunities for young people to connect wherever they are. So that being said, though, right now, like I mentioned before, a lot of our connections are between North America and the Middle East and North Africa, mm-hmm. um, and Central and South Asia as well. But 
the middle school students that we're connecting, we always try to match the pair, whether it's in the U.S. or elsewhere, with students of similar age groups. So middle school students here in the U.S. would be connected with middle school students, or at least that age, comparable age, um, in the other countries that we would be connecting to. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Now, how, how, does, how does it feel? Um, have, you tra- have you gotten to travel a lot with this job? Yeah, I actually have gotten to travel a good amount with Global Nomads Group. We do most of our professional developments with educators and things like that virtually. Um, But obviously, and you can probably relate to this, the ability to meet with someone face-to-face and connect with them um, in person is really great, and it's a luxury that um, not everyone has. So when I do get to travel for this job, it's been pretty remarkable. I've spent some time in... Doha, um, Tanzania, and I'm actually going to Malawi in just a few days, in a week, actually, a week from today. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that realization just hit, but, um, <laughs> but no, so, so you got to tell me this then. So how does uh, someone who grew up a lot in, uh, you know, a one town experience travel, what was that like for you when you just started to get involved? I know because you do this with the middle school children and i'm curious about what your personal experience was like when you started traveling you're like huh yeah yeah absolutely so my i was introduced to kind of traveling in different cultures at a pretty young age and i was able to spend some of my time in high school in um, england and ireland um and really just was so interested in the world beyond that i got really involved with an organization um, at the time, to- er, when I was about 15, called Invisible Children, um, and actually fast forward till t- right after college, I ended up working for them. But when I first was introduced to them, they were working in Uganda, mm-hmm. and I remember watching a video of theirs, and it really just gave. I was looking for something bigger than myself to be involved in, and right. it, it gave me that outlet. Um, and so. As soon as I left high school, you know, I went to England and I went to Ireland. And then as soon as I left high school, I pretty much spent every summer um, between my college years abroad. So I spent a while up in the Andes in Argentina. I spent a summer backpacking through Italy. And I, you know, I think that through all of those experiences kind of led me to knowing that travel and kind of exploring the world was going to be an important part of my life. So um, when I first got to travel for, you know, internationally for my job, it introduced a whole new level. You know, like I had traveled as an individual before and connected with people, but going to a different culture, representing an organization and having, you know, a very straightforward objective of being in a country, um, it changes it. It makes you look at things differently. And I'll never forget when I got to Doha and Qatar, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, And I just remember being blown away. And for the first time, you know, I think of myself as a pretty open-minded person, but for the first time looking at... um, individuals that were in hijabs or in headscarves for the first time and looking at them like I looked at my best friends and I realized how easy it had been in my own country to kind of 
not ignore, but just like not notice um, how little I was interacting with the people. You know, New York is such a diverse place. There's millions of people from all different walks of life, and I realized that even in my home, I tend to kind of stay with my friends from high school and college and my work friends um, instead of kind of going out and trying to explore that. And I remember having this moment in Doha being like, wow, the world is so much more vast than um, I typically realize. And that was kind of one of the coolest trips that I've taken at Global Nomads Group. And then, you know, going to Tanzania and seeing fishing villages. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Judges and going on safari and meeting the local people there. There's all this, you know, like it's just mind-blowing every single time that I step off a plane and just... You know, I prepare myself, but you never really... You never prepare, bro. Yeah, you're you're never, never really prepared. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, and I think that's one of the crazy things, because I, I, I'm fond of saying, and I say this all the time, I still, I truly believe is that the world's getting smaller with digital media and everything, but it's still, the paradox of that is that it's uh, it's still a lot bigger than we realize. Mm, totally. Um, and so th- that's the interesting uh, parody there, because you were talking about how you... You guys focus on, on using technology, and and some, that's something I wholeheartedly believe in. Um, I think it's finding that that dichotomy of uh, mm-hmm. using technology to connect people, but also have that you be in, a means of education um, to you know the rest of the world about just what there is left out there that hasn't been explored. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's this kind of like it's such a the world really, because of technology, is as small as you decide to make it. And I think that that's something I've been thinking about a lot, personally and professionally. It's like I could explore every corner of the globe if I wanted to, to a certain extent, from my desk. And um, that's amazing Like that technology can connect us like that. And kind of using it for that, that type of power and connection instead of having it be means for separating us. You know, you hear about cyberbullying and, like, awful Twitter messages and all these things, but really at the end of the day it has such a... If it's used responsibly and in the right way, it's such an amazing tool that we have right at our fingertips. You know, very literally. Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, my iPhone right now, so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so so before, before we get to the Malawi and what you're doing... I'm curious to know about, you know, some of the fun parts about you. What makes you tick and what, what was, um, you know, what was like the funnest experience you had outside of work when you traveled? 
outside of work. Hmm. I actually think so. I was in Tanzania for work um, about a year ago, and I decided to extend my trip, um, and I spent some time um, going in, like right outside Arusha, and I did a safari for about a week. Um, and also interacted with a few of the a few groups of the Maasai people, which are the very um, you know ancient tribal group of Tanzania. Um, and I don't know, there's something about hearing a lion roar in the wilderness that is just so humbling. You realize that you're just such a small piece of a larger whole. And um, I just was so amazed by the natural beauty and like even the beauty of the people that I was interacting with and staying with or um, even the Maasai people, there's such like a cultural element that was so unbelievable. And I think um, obviously that doesn't necessarily have to do with my work, but that was kind of one of the most exciting things I've done recently. Um, we also spent, so prior to going on the safari, I spent some time in Zanzibar, which is a small, island off the coast of Tanzania and I stayed in a fishing village um, and it was really cool. We got to meet and actually spend time out kind of wading in the water with some women that see do seaweed farming and I hadn't realized that seaweed farming was really a thing, number one, but also that it was such an integral part of like daily things that I use, whether it's my toothpaste or my toothpaste or my face lotion. Um, all of this like harvesting of seaweed was then used to kind of preserve and make, you know, preserve food and beverages for us in North America and then um, make, you know, different cosmetic products all over, you know, Europe and North America. So um, those are kind of two of my favorite, uh, most recent travels anyway. And I'm, you know, always looking for an adventure. So if you have any ideas of a new, a new place to check out, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love that you, you've um, you've taken that self-discovery thing to a whole new level. Um, that's really cool. Um, so, Malawi, a week from now. Yeah, <laughs> wow. What is happening? What is happening? Yeah, so it's really exciting. We actually, so Global Nomads Group has a whole spectrum of program pathways that, kind of are customized to allow educators to figure out what programs might be best for them. So um, we have one program called, or one program pathway called Youth Voices that, um, you know, focuses on the idea that our world needs a new generation of leaders who are able to kind of work across borders to take on all the complicated and interconnected challenges we face as a global community. Um, and so we use our Youth Voices programs to create virtual platforms to kind of foster and amplify Youth Voices so we connect classrooms around the world, um, you know, with curricula, an online platform, and these global citizenship projects. And then the unique part about this pathway is that we do these interactive video conferences, so like a Skype call or a Google Hangout, face-to-face -face classrooms meeting and discussing what they've been doing in their classes, what their communities are looking like. Um, we also have another pathway called Campfire that kind of takes this, you know, like historical idea and cultural idea of a campfire, you know, that brings people of diverse backgrounds together to share like shelter and warmth and conversation. Um, and we really wanted to take that 
campfire concept global. So to give youth wherever they are in the world the virtual space to exchange their experiencing their experiences by um, like bypassing the borders that prevent them from meeting in person. So this program connects students asynchronously, which is really cool. So it allows for a lot more online collaboration and digital tools, of course, including our curriculum and global citizenship um, projects as well. But um, so in order to kind of, you know, for time zones and testing schedules and academic calendars, this pathway has been designed so um, you can kind of run a G&G program right in your classroom asynchronously with, you know, a classroom across the world. Um, and then we also have these Pulse programs that are, or Pulse pathway that house our Pulse programs. And those programs are much more short term and they're basically virtual town hall meetings that give students a forum to deliberate some of the most challenging issues of our time. So there's this whole aspect of, you know, interactive live stream program. We have like live chat functions and there's always a guest speaker that's talking on whatever topic it might be. So, um, you know, this spring we focused, you know, we had an anti-bullying program. We had a girls education program and then a emptying of the world's ocean program. So how do we, you know, like sustain the future of our world's ocean, which was really interesting. But, um, and then we have this last, sorry to kind of go through all this, but it no, 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 that's what it is. no, it's good. This is what's for. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have this innovations pathway, which is really cool, you know, in every journey, obviously, whether it's personal, professional as an organization or an individual, unexpected opportunities always present themselves. And in the spirit of being global nomads, we want, wanted to create a pathway to give us the space to explore these opportunities. And often they're really short-term programs with like a very quick turnaround um, and require a lot of flexibility and all that. But um, those are kind of where all of our programs fall under one of those pathways. And we have a partnership called Students Rebuild that we've been part of for a really long time. And every year they present a challenge to primarily students in North America and um, to kind of tackle a global issue. And this year they actually focused on literacy. So they partnered up with Global Nomads Group and Save the Children um, to bring some of Save the Children's programs, uh, like to fund some of Save the Children's literacy programs throughout the world. Um, one of the places being Malawi and how Global Nomads Group is kind of involved in that is that we will be doing a live broadcast. So, well, let me actually take a step back. So students here in the U.S. have been making bookmarks, for, and for every bookmark that they're making, a certain amount of money is being donated from a family foundation to um, save the children's program. So in order to show the kids here in the, or students here in the United States, where like what exactly their bookmarks and the money that that's raising what that will turn into and also giving the students in Malawi the opportunity to share their story um, as it relates to literacy is why we'll be having a broadcast um, from Malawi and so this broadcast will be connecting community members and students there whose lives have been affected by you know literacy um, whether it's being illiterate or becoming literate 
and the important, uh, importance of literacy on all of our lives. So whether you're in Virginia in the United States or in a small town in Malawi, what does this look like? Um, and this is going to be shared, I guess, you know, be broadcast live, which is really exciting. So it allows all of the students across the world and country that have been participating in this literacy challenge to, you know, jump into the conversation and chat in their questions and hear firsthand from the students in Malawi, which is really cool. So that broadcast is actually happening on May 20th, but we're going to head out next week, get to know the community members a little bit more and kind of set up and um, really figure out how to bring, um, you know, the daily life of Malawi and what this program looks like for them and bring it to the larger audience, which is really exciting. Um, and, you know, it's talking about things, you know, literacy can lead to so many things, you know, like poor health and isolation, low self-esteem, poverty, unemployment, weak economies, and so much more. And there's so many people um, across the world, children and even adults that can't read and write. So, and that's whether they attend are attending school or not. So, um, it's just so important to kind of have this conversation and allow students to have their voices heard in it. So I'm really excited to kind of get there and see what it's like on the ground and then bring that story to life for all the people that have been working so hard to make these bookmarks and, um, you know, make a difference in their global communities. Yeah. So in other words, you guys are using your difference to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's so cool. Like we get to, we show up, we have this clunky satellite because we're, we're going to a place that is not, you know, does not have regular access to, you know, they're not connected, if you will. You know, when you look at the map at night and you see all the areas that are lit up, this place is probably, where we're going is probably not so lit up. And we're bringing a, this clunky little satellite, you hold it up to the sky until it beeps a few times and you, you know, like say a little Hail Mary and hope that it doesn't drop in the middle of your broadcast. But um, it's so unique to be able to bring these two, like two groups of people and together, but also to have a larger audience be able to be part of it too. It's such a great use of technology. And yeah, I think, yeah, you can totally get um, what we're trying to do with this, bringing the students together. And like you said, celebrating the differences and yeah, and the similarities that both communities have and talking about the hard stuff and hopefully dancing and laughing too so <laughs> <laughs> no i love it so where will people be able to find the information on this yeah absolutely so if you go to our website which is just gng.org um on our home page if you scroll to the bottom there you'll see the literacy webcast malawi um link to our page um or you can go directly to gng.org backslash sr dash malawi um either way um you'll see a link to RSVP for the live broadcast so you can watch along live with us on May 20th at 9 a.m. Eastern time. You can RSVP, it will put a little reminder on your calendar. Um, you can chat in your questions live or you can watch the recording later. Um, you know, for any educators that are interested, there's also a curriculum that you can introduce to your classroom in the days leading up to it so they feel, um, you know, they have a little more context to the conversation that's been happening um 
And yeah, we kind of, you know, we look forward to hearing from anyone and everyone that's interested in joining. So, um, yeah, you can also reach out to me at my email. It's just abby, A-B-B-Y, at gmg.org. So, yeah, please come join us. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and I'll, I'll definitely be sure to put the put all this in the show notes. Um, and I'll make sure this, I'll try to time this uh, right before your, um, you know, the Malawi thing and make sure. Yeah. Everyone has all the information, and then we can get all the support you can. Because I think it's really cool, and I think it's um, I think it's like you said, it's gonna be laughter, crying, lots of good things. But <laughs> hopefully, not too much, too many tears. Not too many good tears. If it's tears, it's tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but um, but I think it's really cool what you guys are doing, and and uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, you know, talk to me about this. I know you you still have to you know get ready. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, been awesome. I love the opportunity to kind of share what we're doing. So thanks yeah. for that. No, you are absolutely welcome. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.